Welcome in to another great edition of the long-awaited That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. I don't know if there's a better Friday song than that one. It probably is. You got them, send them in. Speaking of, if you would like to follow the show at Team Impact Media on Twitter's At the Impact 99 on practically every social media. You can look me up, Jeremy York, on Facebook. You can look up Impact Media. You could probably just search for that sports show. It should come up anywhere your favorite podcast can be found. As I said, long awaited return. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Appreciate you guys who have stuck around, stuck with us. Promise you. Things, things will get better. Uh, but what we do here on That Sports Show, this is the weekly Impact Media delve into uh, all things sports that is not hockey, pro wrestling, or MMA. Because we have separate shows for those, as a lot of you know. We like to keep it more of a local flair. We will talk a lot of Atlanta sports. We are working on some kind of spinoff things coming up for the fall that I think you guys will enjoy. Some of my little short delves into things. But uh, until then, I'm going to pretty much take an Atlanta spin on a lot of the national stories and uh, the national teams or the uh, the Atlanta teams that uh, have had stuff going on here recently. And, uh, you know, we'll delve into some NASCAR stuff, too. Um. Let's just start right out of the gate. Let's start right out of the gate with... Well, I was going to start on a positive note, but if I start where I was, then that's going to be not going to be that positive of a, of a note. Let's start with... Uh, let's start with the Braves. Start with the Braves. Yes, we are going to talk some Braves this year. Uh, we're not going to go game by game. not going to follow along things like that. No, we're going to, we're going to talk about the Braves and, and what's going good for them, what's not going good for them, uh, maybe ways they could improve or things they're doing really great, you know, things like that. I'm going to start with the fact that they are sitting uh, not in first. They are probably the next best team in the East behind the Mets. Full disclaimer, I am a Mets fan, lifelong Mets fan. A little bit of Yankees thrown in there. And no, I'm not from New York. But uh, as long as the Braves aren't playing the Mets, I very much want the Braves to do well. We'll put it that way. I want the Braves to do well anyway because I I grew up around the Atlanta fan base, and you guys are a good fan base. You get a lot of crap from national media because they don't live here. They haven't experienced it here. All they know is the few times, or what, 95 and last year when you won championships, and they're like, oh, what a great city. Oh, what a great fan base. Oh, this, okay, well, what about the other years? 
you guys were a great fan base even during the crap years. Even when the, the years you weren't quite good enough. You guys are good fan base. And I'm not saying that because you listen to my show or that I have to uh, commute with you guys every each and every day. No, it has nothing to do with that. We'll start with the Braves. As I said, they are just a handful of games back in the East. Uh, battling with Miami a little bit. Miami is a little surprising, but uh, the, the Mets are, are the clear front runner of the division. And the Mets are doing this without their best pitcher, although you could argue Scherzer has been probably really, really good. Uh, they're, they're doing it without Jacob DeGrom, which means at some point he's going to come back. Yeah, it's probably still a couple weeks away. But at some point, their pitching is going to get even better. But if we're going to talk about pitching, the, the, the Braves, like I said, their roster, here's, here's my take on the Braves pretty much this entire year. This entire year, the Braves have been like this. They, I, I like to make reference to the books, Good to Great, and uh, was it a Great to Better, or what, the follow-up to Good to Great, whatever that is. Uh, good to Great is about getting the right people on the bus in any situation, the right people in a business, on a team, whatever, the right people on the bus. And then the follow-up is about now that you have the right people on the bus, getting them into the right seats. That's where the Braves are. They are loaded at every, just practically every position. I'm sure one of you are yelling at me right now, oh, man, we, we, uh, we could, we could uh, you know, o- Ozuna's not, uh, hadn't been spectacular. We should, we should uh, swap him out. Or uh, uh, this new kid, Demerit's good. He should play more. Okay, we can get the little tweaks. But overall, you guys have a loaded roster. The Braves have one of the best teams in baseball. I would say one of the top three or four in the National League. Probably put them in the top six or so. Uh, top eight. We'll go top eight of baseball right now. Because without just looking across the league, I, I can think of a handful of teams automatically that I would favor over them, but not many. Uh, you just got Acuna Matata back. By the way, I'm working on that song. That is, that is, I'm working on the words, the lyrics of that song, and I'm sure Disney will sue me for it, but so what? It's going to be a fun song. Ronald Acuna comes back. What does that mean? Well, it's not just the productivity, because, yeah, he's not smashing homers. He's had a couple, but it's his presence and his leadership on the team. The locker room loves him. He's back. There's been a little bit of a spark. And besides the fact that he hits a home run that goes uh, over 400 feet to, like, almost, what, was it towards dead center or dead center? I, I can't remember where it went. I was more captivated by the fact that he swung so hard that he actually fell down, and it looked like at one point the catcher said, don't be in a hurry because it, it cleared the wall. But uh, having Acuna back is going to mean a lot to this team. You guys know that uh, your ace struggles a little bit, and and by struggles they they had a slow start. Atlanta teams in general tend to start slow. I could say that about every team in practically the state. It makes no sense. They are horrible starters. They are great finishers, and if ever they're not great finishers, that's when these teams miss the playoffs. 
Uh, I don't know why they like to dig themselves a hole. It's like the UFC fighter Forrest Griffin. It seemed like he only fought really hard once he could taste his own blood. It made no sense. Go back and look at it. I, I have met Forrest. He's a super nice guy. Even he couldn't explain. But when I say struggle, Max Freed, he's coming around. He's had a couple starts where you're like, ah, that's not the Max Freed I remember. It's early. It takes pictures a little bit to... Uh, to get in the groove because hitters can hit all, all, you know, they can go to a, a batting cage and hit all fall, winter, into spring before spring training and get ready. It's hard for a pitcher to pitch to live batters. You, you can't, there's not really any, a lot of places you can do that. If you can find a high school, you can find a place you can go near your house, but I mean, not everybody's got those. Max Freed's going to come around. You can see him coming around a little bit. Uh, Charlie Morton is the one that, uh, case of the body snatchers here or something, It's uh, I don't think it's because he's getting older. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's an injury. He's just having a few issues getting back in stride. And maybe it was, you know, he's, he's still, maybe it is part of that injury from the World Series last year that uh, on a broken leg, he, he still dominates people. Um, who knows, but once again, these guys are going to come around. Law of Averages says Charlie Morton and Max Freed are above average, if not good to really good pitchers. And so they will. Now, on the plus side, you've had Ian Anderson, who has been spectacular. You have uh, Kyle Wright. I know his last name is Wright. I think it's Kyle Wright, who has been arguably the best pitcher on the staff at times. And then you've got another, you've got a Kyle Wright in training, and you've got Spencer coming around. I think the Braves are going to be okay. You know, pitching-wise, once again, if you whether it is the Mets, whether it is the Dodgers, whether it is insert team here, if you want to go toe-to-toe with the pitching staff, and you tell me that, struggling or not, you still have Charlie Morton, you still have Max Freed, you have Kyle Wright, you have Ian Anderson, you've got this Spencer kid, uh, Spencer Strider, I believe is his name. Yeah, Spencer Strider. I mean, there's five right there. Strider's been in the bullpen. At some point, he's going to become a big starter, and I, I could I could go through and, and name half your bullpen that's in the top three, I believe, in baseball. Then you get into, hey, how's that Matt Olson kid doing? May not hit all the home runs you want him to, but he's leading the league, and I think doubles, and he's like in the top five in RBIs or something. Um, Austin Riley having a good year. Ozzie Albies was the one who carried this team through the first few weeks until Acuna got back, basically. Hey, let's give him credit there. Everybody's like, well, he's a little bit of a slump. That's because he had, he come out of the gates and knew somebody had to be on fire, and so he was. Travis Darno still paints me that, that uh, he's not a Met. But great pickup. I, I, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. And then you get Travis Demerit. That's the young kid who... I, he, at times, he, he's pushing for extra playing time in the outfield. Uh, if Azunia is, is still going to... See, here's the thing about Azunia. He'll hit like two, 270 or 250 or 240 or something like that. But he'll have 30 home runs in a year. So there's the balance. He's not much of a clutch hitter. Uh, is the possible 30 home runs worth... Him hitting a buck ninety-five in the month of May. 
If it is, leave him in. If it's not, start figuring something out. Now, yes, Braves, you did sign him for that ridiculously goofy contract. Then he tried to get himself thrown out of the league and failed at that. He, he shouldn't be in the league, in my opinion. But he is on your team now. So if you're going to catch the Mets and then ultimately be able to overtake the Dodgers, uh, the Padres, the, the Giants, other teams that aren't in the West, the Cardinals are always good, you know, other teams, then you rely on your pitching and you you have a pretty fearsome lineup. And so, Braves fans, I think you're going to be okay. And just know, once again, that I am rooting for you and your team as long as you're not playing New York. Uh, let's go a little Falcons. Let's go a little Falcons. Let's talk about their draft. Uh, we know they took Drake London out of USC in the first round. They traded earlier today and picked up, forgot his first name. They got Brian Edwards from Las Vegas because Vegas is getting stacked at that position. And, well, Falcons still need some wideouts. But here's what they traded for this. Uh, let's see. The Raiders traded Edwards and a seventh-round pick next year for a fifth-round pick next year. Uh, that's a pretty good deal. I'll take that. He has this. He is in year three, so I believe he is twenty-four years old. He's six foot three, two hundred twelve pounds. He's been playing with Derek Carr, who plays. He's he's obviously more mobile, but he. The way he throws, the way he delivers the ball has has a lot of Matt Ryan characteristics to it. Uh, he knows Marcus Mariota because, yeah, Mariota used to be with the Raiders too. So they know each other. Uh, let's see, because Falcons fans, this is who you got. You got Edwards now. You've got Drake London. You've got Alden Tate from the Bengals. You've got uh, Demir Bird. And then uh, basically Cordero Patterson. That's the ones you have on the roster right now and camps around the corner. Now, you're going to get a bunch of undrafted creatives, a bunch of other people. I, I get that. But, hey, Brian Edwards, solid pickup. I say that not only did I, did I see him play a little bit in the last few years from watching Raiders games, but, hey, he's a pretty good fantasy pickup, too. And on this team, it looks like he's the number two. He's, he's not the one. I think Drake London is going to end up being the one. Uh you know, Edwards probably the two or the three. I don't have a problem with that at all. And then you got Kyle Pitts. He that makes him the number two or number three target. Um, let's see. What was he? There was a couple other ones. I, I'll just go over them all. I'm only going to have comments on a couple of them. They took the uh, defensive end Arnold Abikate, Abikatai out of Penn State in the second round. Second round, also, they took inside linebacker Troy Anderson. Desmond Ritter, of course, the quarterback from Cincinnati in round number three. Desmond Ritter would have been the number one pick if the draft had happened in September of last year. Him and Kayvon Thibodeau were the two everybody was talking about. And then Ritter, 
proceeded to basically lose all the weapons around him, and he didn't really struggle. He didn't have a great statistical year, so he dropped in the draft. Hey, Atlanta's uh, Atlanta picks him up. He's got good mechanics. He's not afraid to move around. He's not just going to take off running out of nowhere. Uh, he's really smart. He understands playbooks. He can digest plays as they are happening. He's one of those guys, when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he can survey what's going on. I think it's a good pickup. A lot of people want him to play automatically. No. You want Mariota to play while they fix the line. You know, the personal to Marcus, he knows it. And uh, if Ritter gets a couple games this year, great. If he doesn't, look for him next year. That's what you should be looking for. Uh, outside linebacker D'Angelo Malone in the third round. In the fifth round, they took running back Tyler Allgaier out of BYU. We'll look at his highlights. Uh, you, you need runners and you need people to catch the ball. So you got London. You traded for Edwards. Now you've got Allgaier out of BYU. Uh, he's, he's a pretty good runner. I, th- I think hanging around Patterson, he'll work on his first step and a couple of his moves, and I think the kid's going to be pretty good. Uh, they finally address two elephants in the room. Well, really three. One being they need offensive linemen. Two, that meaning they need people behind Kyle Pitts to play tight end because Kyle can't play all the time, or sometimes you want multiple tight end sets. You can have two and three if you want. So, and the other elephant in the room is that it just, it really does perturb me to no end when fans of a college want to know why their favorite team that, yeah, are only separated by an hour or so down the road. Their favorite pro team doesn't get doesn't just pick all the people from their favorite college team. That's not how it works. But uh, UGA fans can be happy because in the sixth round, they took offensive guard Justin Schaefer, who kid can play, and tight end John Fitzpatrick. Now, a lot of people are like, well, he's not even the best tight end. Well, the other one's not eligible for the draft. And if you look, Fitzpatrick is actually pretty good. Him and Ky- him and Kyle Pitts playing together. They're going to pick up things from each other. It's going to be uh, good for both of them. Takes a little of the takes a little of the takes a little of the pressure off of Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think camp starting in what a couple weeks. They get the schedule release. I'll be honest, until I see this team play in week one, I stay away from schedule things. Uh, get excited about seeing certain games. Uh, get excited about uh, your team doing good stuff. But let's, let's not do the whole, oh, win, loss, loss, win, win. Oh, oh we're definitely going to win there. How do you know? You don't know anything. You don't know anything until you get there. Until they've played a couple games, we don't know what kind of team this is going to be. Overall, I think it's going to be more entertaining than last year. They, they, you know, I said the Braves had a lot of the right people on the bus. They're getting them in the right seats. Right now, the Falcons are trying to get enough people on the bus. And they're getting a couple of them in the right seats. You know, I, I would say there's uh, at least a third of the team are in the places they should be. So now it's uh, just shuffling the rest of them around, maybe adding some pieces, detracting some others. It's not doom and gloom. Could you still end up with a top five pick next year? Sure. A top ten pick? Yeah, pretty likely. But you're at that phase where you're trying to improve your team. So you go out there, you try hard, do the best you can, 
If you end up uh, five and twelve, then you end up five and twelve. If you end up eight and nine, then you're eight and nine. Uh, I can't remember. I think the over under was like four and a half, which is I'd say it's a little on the disrespectful side because I, I do think this is without going through this without knowing anything about the teams they're gonna they're gonna face. I would say this is at least a six or seven win team. They could definitely win a couple more than that, but they could definitely lose a couple more than that. It just uh, uh, Young Way Koo is, is going to have a lot to do with that. He won them games last year that people thought they didn't have a chance in, and uh, he didn't get opportunities in ones that uh, they didn't. Uh, but, I, you know, Falcons fans, there's a lot to look forward to, and you should look forward to it. Don't rush Ritter. Don't rush some of these kids. Just sit back, enjoy what you are going to see. Let's go to Atlanta United. We actually have one of the games on here in the studio right now. I think it's the one. Is that the? I think that is the Montreal game from a couple weeks ago. Uh, yes. Spoiler alert. Ends up not going swimmingly for United for a lot of reasons. Um, they are sitting right at the, the bottom of the, the playoff picture uh, with teams like Toronto and Columbus around them in the East. The top performers, other than Cisneros, who had the hat trick last week, is uh, Mourinho and uh, Joseph Martinez. In case you don't know that, Joseph Martinez is out for probably another handful of weeks as he had his knee cleaned up that was surgically repaired last year and it cleaned up it's uh, something that happens a lot we don't realize that um you've also got andrew gutman who seems to have a clavicle issue i don't know how long he could be out it could be a couple weeks he, he took an awkward fall during the game and he he has been one of the just workhorse just dogs in the trenches for this team, and uh, he went down last week. You've got obviously Bobby Shuttleworth is in goal because not only is the uh, young backup whose name escapes me, uh, he tore his Achilles at at practice, but Brad Guzan, Guzan tore his Achilles during a game a couple weeks ago, so he's out for the rest of the year. Um. This whole year, this is this has been one of the big things of Atlanta. Because of injuries, because they came in with a lot of injuries coming into the year, on top of, they've had injuries throughout the year, some of them big, some of them just uh, dinged up here and there. I mean, there was the heart issue for uh, uh, for the one guy that, that got cleared up. There was just, you know, uh, early on, a Rougeau. I was at the game where Arujo scores a goal and then comes up kind of limping and he ends up missing a handful of weeks for the hamster. This year it's been about the injuries are preventing consistent lineups because in MLS or in soccer in general, you want the same, you want to keep consistency. You can flip out people here and there for rest of various things there, but for the most part you don't want to have five people this week that you didn't have last week because that continuity is what keeps people. You learn tendencies. You learn 
you learn the types of ways people are going to react to things where you can set plays up. You can know, well, I can take I can take the uh, attacker on the left because I know my teammate is going to take the guy on the right. You know, you can you know these tendencies and the fact that injuries have prevented consistent lineups has been a, a, a pretty big theme. And it's it's going to continue for a little bit until, you know, with all these big injuries, now, you know, now it's Gutman. Let's see who ends up stepping up, who ends up uh, kind of taking over different roles. Because, I mean, you got Dwyer, Dom Dwyer, you got Arujo, Wolf, uh, Chole, Conway, and Cisneros. That uh, those are your big forwards, your, your strikers. It looks like Cisneros is, what a great transfer that was. Need to try to make that one permanent, I believe. Uh, and let's let's just stop the. Uh, we should move on from from uh, Joseph Martinez stuff. Let's let's just stop that where it is right now. Let him get his knee cleaned up. Let him ease back into this. And when when you start to see where he's at by the end of this season, if he's still not at the level you think, then okay, we'll start that back up. But this guy's been the face of the team practically since he got here. So let's 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 cut him a break. That uh, his knee got messed up. He got it fixed. Got it chipped up again. And then, uh, you know, it's getting it cleaned up. Or he got it cleaned up. And last time I checked from our good buddy and Atlanta United Authority, because he's one of the best beat writers in MLS, well, not just because he's in Atlanta, not just because I know him, but Doug Robertson from the AJC said that he has seen and heard Joseph Martinez has been kicking a ball in practice. That means he's a little further along to coming back. It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. Now, of course, they have the game versus the New England Revolution Sunday at 2 p.m. I believe that is here. I'm not mistaken. I believe that one's in, I believe it is, in the... uh, In the Mercedes-Benz uh, Arena, Dome, Stadium, whatever they want to call it up there. I think it's in the Benz up there. So, the more you get, well, I mean, I, I didn't even, you know, Miles um, Robinson, too. But you got you know, Caleb Wiley, you got some of these other people. Atlanta United, too, is always booming with talent. There's a chance you might see a couple of those. But for the most part... For the most part, it's getting these consistent lineups, getting the people that are used to playing next to each other, playing next to each other. And uh, if the team can hang around the bottom of the playoff bracket until then, until you get some of these people back and you get those consistent lineups, I think this team is very much still a playoff team. I think it's still a playoff team. Once again, I'm not just padding this up. Oh, let's just uh, avoid the doom and gloom. You guys have been heard my show before. I am I'm not afraid to doom and gloom when we need to. But right now, it's not doom and gloom time. Let's move on to Rugby ATL. They are fantastic to cover. They are fantastic to watch. Uh, recently, there was the International Day, which uh, had some vendors. We tried some amazing food. Uh, myself and John watched from Impact Media here. Uh, just a fun overall day. Except for the, except for the um, outcome, of course. 
but uh, got a chance to talk to a lot of the players this year through uh, whether it's the, whether it's uh, the stuff for Impact Media or you, know, you guys know that sometimes I do a post game show with uh, Chris Wyatt and I um, mean we've talked to uh, Eamon Matthews and uh, Billy Halu that I just talked to recently. Uh, Connor Cook, Connor Keys, Kirk Coleman, Marcos, Johnson Van Rensburg, Matt Heaton, uh, Rowan Hus, Johan Momsen, Evan Minturn. Uh, keep sending your suggestions out there because, hey, a lot of you guys have suggested some of these guys to me. So at the end of the game, I go find them. Especially if they had a, a, a big part in, in the day's game. But... Uh, I'm happy to talk with, with any of these guys. They are all super awesome people. Uh, they're fun to talk to. Uh, Eamon Matthews was was uh, fantastic. Uh, for a minute, he was a little worried that uh, maybe his answers weren't going to be good or something like that. No, that, I'll tell you right now, Eamon, they were fantastic. And they weren't fantastic because, oh, it was crazy and, and uh, entertaining. And No, no, no. You very much broke down the things I asked. And, and uh, you have fun with it. And I got a lot of, I always get feedback, but uh, I got a lot of good feedback for, uh, for Eamon and, and Billy from, uh, from a couple of weeks ago. I've been able to talk to a couple of people from the other side. Those, those have been fun. You know, uh, Jordan Trainer, um, And suddenly I draw a blank. But uh, it, it's always fun. You guys should come down to games. The next home game is on the 28th, which is two weeks from tomorrow. That is down at Silverback Park. That will be against the Toronto Arrows at 3. Hey, look, even if you're going to the uh, Columbus Crew Atlanta United game, that's a 7. And you're, gosh, 30 minutes away from, from Mercedes-Benz. So, you know, come to the Toronto Arrows Rugby ATL game at 3. It's going to end around 4.45, 5 o'clock. Uh, gives you plenty of time to go down and tailgate and then go to the Atlanta United-Columbus crew game. What a fant- that's, a, that's a fantastic day, and I guarantee you, you might have you might have 100 bucks in the whole day for a couple of them. 100 bucks in the whole day. How great is that? The Rugby ATL, they are uh, right around second in the East uh, with New England ahead of them and New York uh, slightly behind them. They uh, went out to Utah. Things didn't quite go the way we wanted them to. They are playing tonight, actually, in New England versus the Free Jacks. Free Jacks are a lot of fun, too. I've talked to a couple of their people. And uh, it's just... If, if you've never watched rugby or you've never experienced rugby live, it's one of the best things to watch. It's one of the best tickets in town, in my opinion. It's right up there with the Gladiators and United. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, Georgia State Tech's are really good. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, if you had not seen rugby, come down and see it. It's, it's definitely really cool. Like I said, tickets are, are very affordable. There is now a kind of VIP lounge that they have where you're – uh, when you get in the VIP lounge, I have not been up to it because I just didn't go up to it. But it is, uh, you get drinks and food and uh, the players come up, I think, uh, before and after. 
to so you get to meet them and uh, you, you get a, a bird's eye view of the entire game. It's fantastic. It's it's a really really good experience. I'm gonna have to go up there next game just to uh, check it out and maybe show you guys what it's all about. But uh, other than that, hopefully Rugby ATL is doing pretty good. I have not seen any kind of update here recently. That being said, do we do we see one? Anything at all? Anything at all? Not looking that way. All right. Maybe. Hopefully, we're doing really well. Hopefully, we uh, were able to stun the the free jacks. But uh, I'm hoping to have some uh, some some guests on here soon on this show. So uh, we're working on that. And remember, I take your suggestions seriously. I very much will go. That goes for rugby ATL. That goes for. Uh, Georgia State football, when that kicks back off. If there's people you guys want me to talk to or to hear from, let me know. I will go find them. Um, what else can we get into? Oh, let's, all right. Let's talk a little NASCAR. We'll finish up with Georgia State. And, yes, I will get more into some NFL stuff next week, but I wanted to get to this stuff this week. NASCAR. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the way I described the Chase Elliott win was the squeakiest wheel got the grease. He's the one that's been complaining the most. He was the only Hendrick driver who did not have the win this year. And even though NASCAR is not fixed, uh, it doesn't help the argument when he complains and complains and complains. It jumps up and down and pitches fits. And then he suddenly wins a race and stops complaining. Yeah. Chase, we all knew you were going to win at some point. You won at a Hendrick track, one that Hendrick usually does pretty well at. But uh, overall this year, outside of Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch and, uh, and a couple others that I, that I would consider not young guns, but they're not you know old guys, but I'd say veterans, it has been a young guns tournament. I mean, well, Kyle Larson, all right, I put him in the veterans. It is all about the young guns, as I call them. The uh, A lot of the people that, if you're a casual NASCAR fan, you may not know who they are, but when you start watching the races, and I have watched every lap of every race this year, it's something I wanted to do, not just to do it, but in order to better understand it. It's been a fantastic NASCAR year. Are they doing some gimmicky things? Sure. But as somebody who's in the business said on uh, uh, a podcast he does, NASCAR's in the entertainment business. The racing is, is I wouldn't necessarily say secondary, the racing entertainment business. The racing that creates content and, you know, being able to uh, race in the Coliseum and some of the other things they have done have paid off for NASCAR. This has been exciting. The numbers are up. More of us, I include myself in this, more of us are watching. That's what they want. They want us to buy the shirts. They want us to watch. They want us to come see the races. I know a ton of people that have went to see races in this area. NASCAR is doing a really good job. It's something baseball is not. Years ago, NASCAR and baseball had the same problem. They still do, but NASCAR is doing something about it. And that problem is is they are not appealing enough to a new, broader market, also the younger crowd. And so as their crowd either moves on to other things 
or moves on from this existence, they don't have a replenished fan base coming in. NASCAR's like, we're losing fans. We're not gaining fans the way we need to. And to build this thing, what can we do? Let's race inside the L.A. Coliseum. Let's let's uh, continue to, to split it up into three stages. Let's uh, try a different kind of car that basically levels the playing field across the board. It is very hard. not saying they're not because they are all trying. It's very hard to manipulate... And I'm going to use that word, manipulate the cars the way you normally would here. Now it's coming down to strategies on and off the track. It is uh, pit strategies. It is tire strategies. It is driver ability. It is a lot of things. Now, they have, uh, they've taken a lot of the... It's one of those, sometimes they would look at a car and they would just go, we know you did something to the car. It's probably not legal. Our scanners can't find it, but we know you probably did something, so cut it out. And so they found a way to cut out a lot of the things you can manipulate. Once again, does that mean there's there's no nobody trying to gain advantage some way, legal or illegal? Oh, of course they are. If if uh, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. Was a famous I think Daryl Hart Jr. line years ago. Is uh, you're, they're not purposely trying to cheat. They're trying to find. Yeah, gray area ways to get faster, to be more accurate, and, you know, things like that. It's it's NASCAR. NASCAR's always been this way. And that's why this year has been so fantastic with all these uh, young guys winning. And I put Chase Elliott in that young young spot. Um, you know, William Byron. Uh, I think I think Reddick is due here soon. There's, there's a lot of guys that I think are just right around the corner from wins or second wins or third wins. We've only had two repeat champions or two guys win more than one race this year. It's It's been a lot of fun. And sure, the purists will yell and scream, oh, it, it, this isn't really NASCAR. Okay. Fine. But majority of the fan base now, including the new fan base that's checking it out, and NASCAR are okay with it. So, it is what it is. But, uh, let's see. Their next race, what do they have? I know they they were just in Dover. And, uh, let's see if we can get it pulled up. I, I had it wrote down. And, then, let's see. After Dover, they went to Darlington. Darlington to, I'm going to feel bad because I should know this. They are in, gosh, I can even feel my mom not yelling at me. My mom didn't really yell at me. I can feel my mom, ah, Kansas. That's why it's, okay. Defending champion Kyle Busch. Hey, once again, truth be told, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin are my drivers. But at the same time, even when they get knocked out earlier, even when they're in contention, I, I'm cheering for the best, most entertaining finishes. And uh, sometimes that has been to their detriment. But like I said, overall, I've been really excited each and every week to watch these races. I know you guys have too. 
uh, Sunday at 3 o'clock on FS1. Because I know somebody is going to ask, well, you tell me when the race is, or where the race is, when is it? Sunday, 3 p.m., FS1. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Kyle Busch defending champion. I I would like to see Kyle win, but I will tell uh, – you know, like I said, I'll pick somebody like uh, Reddick or one of these guys that haven't won yet this year. It's one of those guys – I mean, even Truex. Surprise Truex, who is definitely not a young gun. Definitely a veteran. I'm, I'm surprised Truex doesn't have a win this year. I'm surprised Kevin Harvick had not won in over a year. It's, uh, I know some uh, very sad little kids that, that uh, have not had as many – Ice cream celebratory, uh, or ice cream celebrations for uh, Kevin Harvey not being a victory lane. So, uh, Kevin, you, you got to get one here soon, bud. But, like I said, NASCAR's fun. It's me watching every, my mom never missed a race. That's, and I uh, used to watch a lot of races with her. Being able to watch all these now, it's it's uh, it's fun because then we can talk about it. And and it's the next best thing to, to watching it with my mom is is being able to watch it and talk with her about it. So, and, and among other people, everywhere I go, people want to talk NASCAR. So it's fun because I watch all the races and now I know what they're talking about. So um, enjoy Kansas this week. And then finally. A little bit of Georgia State news. Uh, congratulations to the four Panthers who signed free agent contracts to play in the NFL. And that is offensive guard Shamarius Gilmore, who signed with Seattle. He's up there with Penny Hart. Uh, tight end Roger Carter signed with the champion Rams. If anybody can utilize a weapon, it's the Rams. Uh, safety Chris Moore signed with Baltimore. Baltimore about the defense. That's a good sign. And uh, kicker Noel Ruiz is in Houston. That, hey, you know, that's that's how Will Lux got into a good gig with the Saints is he was in with, Bal- with Baltimore, learned a lot from Justin Tucker and the, the actual kicking coach up there that Baltimore has. And then uh, when he got released, because they don't need two kickers, especially once Justin Tucker goes down, has a great tryout with the Saints, ends up being their kicker there, and uh, got to check on him. I wonder where his rehab's coming. But congratulations to Shamarius, Roger, Chris, and Noel. It sucks to not be able to see you guys play on Saturday, but it will be fun to see you guys play on Sundays moving forward. And, of course... The season opener for the Georgia State Panthers, who just built a really nice basketball arena, by the way. Can't miss from 20. I promise you, you cannot miss it. It is massive. Season opener, they will be in South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks. A place that Coach Elliott knows very well. He was interim coach there and coached there for a long time under Steve Spurrier. They will be in South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks September the 3rd. That is a Saturday. Do not know a time yet. I am considering going to this game myself. Love to hear you guys' thoughts on all the amazing things uh, like that. Any kind of thoughts on the season coming up, anything like that. Uh, Rugby ATL, United, the Falcons, the Braves, NASCAR, any of that. Questions, comments, suggestions. Just want to pop in and say hi, give us a five-star review. 
go ahead and go do that. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Don't forget, as a part of our Strong Style show, we have a UFC pick'em group on ESPN. They're called, the name of the group is Impact Media Strong Style Podcast. Go in there, try your luck, see if you can pick better than we do here on the show. Uh, I can tell you right now, if it was a Bellator show, I am I am doing very well on the Bellator picks. Uh, kind of hit or miss on, on UFC. But that being said, I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting me come back. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.